0: This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Hey, hey, listeners. Welcome back to the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Kinser, your host here, and I'm really, really thrilled to chat to you about one of my favorite topics that I've kind of gotten away from talking about, but it needs to be brought up again. I can't assume that you already know these things or put these things into practice and this episode we're going to be talking about is why your intuition is your most powerful breastfeeding tool so What I mean by that is I just really feel like we've gotten away from our intuitive sense and our intuitive knowing and what I find people are doing, which, you know, can be helpful to some extent, but they're going online for answers and I do provide a lot of answers online uh, and I'm not saying, you know, that that's bad. It's not a dichotomy. It's not black or white. It's not like only intuition or only seeking outside help. Um, that's not your only options. Combining the two is a wonderful way to go. But when you're constantly on social media following, you know, either breastfeeding type accounts or you're following other breastfeeding moms or product accounts, and they're showing off all these, you know, 12-ounce bottles of milk that moms have pumped, and you start to feel certain things in relation to that, and you start to wonder. Am I good enough? Am I breastfeeding well enough? Am I making enough milk? Is my baby gaining enough weight? You know, you may follow these influencers and bloggers that have these adorable photos of their chubby little babies and you're like, is my baby too fat or is my baby too thin or like you don't even know anymore. And it's really what that kind of stuff does is it just messes with our heads even though, even being in a mom's group, you know, maybe there's an element of that that's supportive to you. But there is a fine line where you can end up sort of going overboard and questioning yourself. And one of the worst things that we could do as mothers is to question ourselves. And so I have had my moments. And I still sometimes have my moments where I question myself. But having practiced, you know, honing my intuition and knowing what it feels like to be in a state of true inner knowing, I know when I'm out of that alignment and I know when I'm in it. And so I'm going to share that with you today. Now, one of the things that I've learned over time is that The way that I practice as a healthcare provider is far, far different than a lot of others. And what I mean by that is that I just assume that you just don't know. I assume that you don't know the things that I know, and so I over-explain things. But as my clients will tell you, I don't over-explain. I explain exactly everything that they needed to know. So they feel fully prepared, they know exactly what the game plan is, they know the timeline of what to expect, they know the trajectory they know that there will be some you know ups and downs along the way until we get to the end of the road where that is successful breastfeeding and i feel like they're just very well set up and the reason why i do this wasn't because i got some formal training in it it wasn't because i had other lactation consultants tell me i needed to do that it was because when i became a mom and i had my own breastfeeding struggles I had no freaking clue what to expect. No one warned me. I read the breastfeeding books. I took a breastfeeding class, but I didn't really know what breastfeeding was supposed to be like or what it would actually be like. And the experience of breastfeeding, it was so jarring for me to not know what was up or what was down. Is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. And it threw me off. And it threw me off so much that I stopped really trusting my intuition. And I spent hours and hours and hours on my phone, researching things, messaging people, going to La Leche League meetings, going to the lactation consultant, all these things. And I still just never felt super confident. Well, trusting your intuition has a lot to do with how confident you are as a mom and this is true for anything in life in your career in your marriage and in any other area of your life. And so you know the the contrast that I see and and I've had to undergo and I'm still undergoing a lot of very invasive medical treatments in my own personal life and as I go through these I realize that one I'm blessed with incredible doctors and healthcare providers who do keep me really well informed but the only and I think they would do this anyway, but I also see an element of them not really not really giving me a lot of information. And I don't think that they're intentionally trying to withhold information. I think sometimes they think that, you know, maybe I'm not concerned about it because I didn't ask a question about it. So they don't need to explain it. Or sometimes there's just a general lack of time that they get to spend with me as a patient. The other element of of it is that, you know, something that you know, is not necessarily super clinically relevant. They don't feel the need to go into an in-depth explanation because it doesn't have to do with the immediate treatment that we're doing. And for me, I know that I have to encounter those decisions in my own practice, meaning like, let's say I'm working with a mom, and you know, we're having some supply problems right now, and the baby has a tongue tie, and I can already tell you that there's things I need to prepare her for when that baby is three months old, but I know that right now at one week, she's going to have a hard time remembering that, and it's not going to be relevant to her in the moment. That being said, though, I usually try to put a little bug in her ear and say, hey, around this time, you know, this is something you might be experiencing. If that happens or that comes up for you, let me know. And then I kind of just put it in my notes that I send to her. But I don't necessarily go into a big, long explanation unless they they come up with a question. But what I find a lot of times in healthcare is that very little is explained to us as patients. And I get it. Because when you're really good at something and you're really talented and you as the clinician kind of speak a totally different language than that of your patient unless they're also a healthcare worker then there is a barrier right not everybody also wants to know but i find you know if you're the type of person who listens to this podcast you probably listen to other podcasts and you're an inquisitive person you want to know all the things you want to get as much support as you can and that's what i'm trying to do here on this podcast is offer you that so What I'm saying is is that when we go look to these outside sources and we don't necessarily get very many answers, like for instance, you know, I see this all the time. I have clients who go to the pediatrician, they say the baby's not gaining weight, Um, you know, we need to supplement or you need to pump and give that baby the milk that you pump. But there's never a discussion about why isn't the baby getting enough milk? Is it an issue of the baby's oral function? Is it an issue of the mother's milk supply? Is it an issue of how easily the milk flows through her breasts? Is it an issue? Like, what's the cause? Well, that cause isn't often talked about. It's not often inquired about. And then there's fear. To be told that your baby isn't gaining enough weight, well, of course you want to do whatever you can to get them fed, even if that means giving them formula. And so... You, you go do the thing, and then you go to a follow-up. And I, I just ask these questions. I'm like, so did the pediatrician say why they thought your baby weren't, wasn't gaining enough? And then the parent will usually say, well, no, I didn't even think to ask. And I'm like, well, don't feel bad about not asking. But there had to be some theory in that doctor's mind. I'm assuming. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. There had to be some theory in their mind as to why this baby needed to be supplemented. And how long are we supplementing for? So there's a, oftentimes there's no end game in sight. There's no, there's no timeline given, even if it needs to be adjusted, of like, well, so let's supplement for a week and then see if we can wean off that. Usually it's let just, well, we'll have you come back in a week. Well, what does that mean? Is you know, what are we expecting to see in a week? Weight gain? Okay, does that mean we can wean off the formula or not? And so there's just assumptions being made and it's just on some level, it's a lack of good communication. And, and on another level, I think it's, it's busyness. It's a little bit of forgetfulness. Uh, and then I think, you know, as, as a new mother, let's say, you know, and you're concerned about your baby and their well-being, you're just going to do what people tell you to do because you're assuming that that's what's in their best interest. And so, you know, what I what saddens me though is like I'll give you an example related to that example of the pediatrician and the weight gain needing supplementation is I've had so many clients who go home and they're able to pump, you know, 20 ounces a day extra beyond breastfeeding their babies. And they're not sure if that's enough. And they're giving formula on top of that. And I'm like, your baby's probably getting like 35 ounces a day. And this is just nuts. So if you're making enough milk, why would we need formula? Well, we don't. And so it takes Sometimes, you know, I, I don't want to ever go against another healthcare provider's recommendations, but when I see a glaring error or oversight there, we, we've got to do something to correct that. And so back to what I'm saying about intuition. So sometimes our intuition looks like knowing, like we just know the answers. And you're like, well, no, I know exactly what's wrong. But a lot of times, especially if this is your first child, you've never done this before, you really don't have a guidepost, right? You may have some other friends with babies, your your mother or another female figure in your life who's a mother may be a supportive figure. But there's still, until you're in it, you, you tend to not have these deeper conversations of like these little nuances about what's going on. And it's really hard to trust yourself a lot of the time when you have nothing to compare this to. So if you've never breastfed a baby before, You really don't know what to feel, what to expect, what it's going to be like. You know, experiential learning, there's a lot to be said for that. We can learn from books, we can learn from websites, we can learn from videos, we can learn from friends, but there's nothing quite like experiential learning. And so self-doubt creeps in, right? And that's what I want to reassure you is that lack of confidence, self-doubt feeling like a failure, these things are actually all stepping stones along the way of honing your intuition and learning how to be good at breastfeeding and how to be a good mother. They're expected. You will have moments where you question, is your baby doing okay? Are you doing okay? You will feel completely untethered. This is normal. This is how you shed The old version of you and grow and develop a new version of you that does have the answers. But you're never going to get the answers if you don't go through these difficult situations. And while it's stressful in the moment, it doesn't have to continue to be stressful. And part of this is learning to hone your intuition. So some of the beginning ways that I like to encourage moms to hone their intuition is to just start asking questions. Is does this information feel correct? Whether that's information that I'm giving you, pediatrician, your spouse, your mom's group, a website you're reading, a book you're reading, does this information feel accurate and correct to you? Question everything and just sit with it, like internally. Does it, is it, sometimes it's a feeling in your chest. Sometimes it's a feeling in your gut. Sometimes it's a feeling in your womb. Sometimes it's a feeling in your head. But somewhere in your body, there's a physical sensation, even if it's happening on the most subtle level. And your body is giving you the answer. Your body is saying, yes, this information feels really good to me. I like that. I think that is accurate. Or your body's like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Or "Eh, that that doesn't sound right. Maybe it's right, but that doesn't sound right. The second you start second guessing, you know, it's like when I I remember this in elementary school, even high school, we would take these multiple choice tests and we'd have these horrible little Scantron forms to fill out. I don't even know if they do that anymore, by the way. But, uh, you know, they would always say the first answer is usually the correct answer. Don't go back and change your answers unless you are absolutely certain that that is the right question. Remember that? Remember those days? Unless you were homeschooled. Um, but remember that you would you would start to second guess yourself, right? I was always that kid that wanted to go look at the answers and see, like, you know, was my first answer correct or not? And Usually it was. Um, and so, you know, even if you watch, like, Family Feud or Jeopardy or something and you and you think you got the answer right, but part of you is like, I don't know, right? And then you're like, oh, darn, I was wrong or, oh, I was right. And you're all excited, you know, if you get it right. So intuition is kind of like that. It's kind of like a game, um, but there is a way to hone it. And the cool thing about intuition is unlike a trivia game where you just you know really have no way of knowing the answer and ne- intuition doesn't necessarily help you, when it comes to our babies and ourselves, we actually are able to develop that skill. It's always there but we tend to shut it down. And, and it's a couple reasons. It's not just seeking outside information, whether that's, you know, written information or, or other content that we're able to consume or other people that we can consult with. But I find that we just don't spend enough time in silence as a society. I mean, when is the last time, especially if you're a new mom, when is the last time you spent several hours to yourself doing nothing? Now, I already hear it. I already hear moms saying, you know, well, I would if I could. Oh my goodness, what I wouldn't give for a few hours of alone time, right? Um, now, maybe you are taking that time for yourself. And if you are, then you've, you're doing a great job because you're probably honing your intuition really well. There may be others of you out there that are like, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. Um, there is a way you can do it. And, and maybe not right now, but maybe you schedule this time in advance. And this looks different for everybody. This could be soaking in the bathtub. This could be that you leave the house and you just go sit in a park. You know, This could be that you stay up a little later and sacrifice a small chunk of sleep just to get that time. But during this time, you're not reading a book. You're not on your phone. Um, maybe, maybe you're listening to some music, maybe not something that's more of a background noise, less of a, an active listening. Maybe you go on a walk. Maybe you just sit in silence. Maybe you meditate. But I find that if you're able to do something, even if it was one hour, where you just get into silence and spend time with yourself, your own thoughts, your own feelings, and just tune in. Take a moment to listen to your thoughts. Are they negative? Are they positive? Are you trying to solve a problem in your mind? Is there something emotionally that you're working out? Just take a moment to explore that. Take several moments to explore that because when you do that, you end up creating clarity for yourself It's like a time to sort of like rinse all the cobwebs and junk that you've been putting into your mind all day long out. Because on top of all the other stuff you might be doing, you know, maybe you're a working mom, maybe you've got other responsibilities, Beyond just caring for your for your child, even just caring for your child, there's so much emotional labor there because your child may actually be expressing a need to you in the moment, or you may be even already two steps ahead and you're anticipating their next need. Well, they're going to need a feed in two hours, or they're going to wake up for their nap soon. and so I've got to do this and that, and then I've got to do this, and I've got to clean the house, and I've got to call this person back, and I've got to pay this bill, and I've got to, and you've got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, and there's like a to do list that's already building up in your mind. Where you're like preemptively putting emotional energy into the upcoming things that you're doing. And what I find so often, I found this for myself, especially in the early days of being a mom, was that my brain wasn't my own. It was taken, all the space in there was taken up by everyone else's needs. When that happens, we tend to cloud our intuition, we tend to turn it off. It's there, it's like, hi, I'm here. And then you're like, yeah, I don't have time for you. Go away, I'm busy. But we need to make time for that. And so one of the things I've said for a long time is that you, you, the mother of your baby, know your baby best. And I cannot stress this enough. I've talked about this on other episodes. I talk about this on, online but, and I, I talk about it with my clients. But you carried this child in your womb. Okay, you birthed it out of your body maybe maybe you're unique and you've adopted this baby you know but you're the one who has has gone forward to you know declare that you are taking care of this child right and now you are breastfeeding this baby or you're producing milk for this baby and there's a biological connection there's an energetic connection just even by transfer of of you know atoms and things right uh, and there's an emotional connection. There's a mental one. There's a physical, very, very, very physical connection going on. And all of these things, they're an energy exchange. You're taking an energy and information input from your child and you're giving energy and information input back to your child. So, this dance that happens, there's some things that happen on an intuitive level, but there's a lot of things that are happening on a cognitive level that we could actually just kind of give over to the intuitive side of things. So. Here's what I mean. A lot of moms are like, why need to create a pumping schedule? To me, that's kind of a bizarre question. I mean, if you know the basics of lactation and pumping, then you know you should pump every few hours, right? But let's say you're just trying to pump to have some extra milk for your child. Well, just pump whenever you have time. Don't overthink it. Not everything has to be scheduled. Not everything has to be prescribed. You only have time to pump for 10 minutes then pump for 10. It's better than it's better than 0. Is it not is it 15? No, but it's 10. And be okay with that. You know, and just there's just things where, you know, you may not have all the answers because there's there may be some information that you need. Like let's say you have mastitis. Well, unless you are working with someone like me, I can pretty much guarantee that most of the things you read online will not be very helpful for you resolving mastitis. That doesn't mean that they that you won't resolve it on your own. Our bodies are incredible healers. But if it's not resolving on its own, probably overthinking it and, and all these things you know, and trying to figure out yourself. There's no shame in asking for help, right? If it's if you're, you know, and, and your intuition may tell you, you know what, I I need to go to urgent care right now. I just something is really wrong. Great, listen to that. So intuition doesn't always mean like trying to figure it out yourself. Sometimes your intuition is like, I really need a lactation consultant because I just feel like this is getting worse or not better and I just don't know what I'm doing. And I need some clarity. Great. Your intuition may guide you to get those outside sources, but when, but we have to stop and just take a moment and just pause and take five minutes and just go, what do I need right now? What would be the best thing to serve me in this moment? And it may not have anything to do with breastfeeding. It may be like, you know what? I really haven't eaten much protein today, but would you have known that had you not taken the moment to just pause and think Right? You're so busy trying to take care of everyone else and trying to take care of all these things. And you realize I've only been eating crackers all day. (laughs) So it happens. Right? And just tune in. Like, what does my body need? How is my breathing? Is my breathing calm? Am I breathing from my belly? Or is it tight and short breaths and I'm breathing from my chest? You know, what's my mind doing? Is it racing at 100 miles an hour? Do I have a headache? Am I hungry? Do I need to go use the bathroom? Like, just take a moment to tune in and meet those needs. And when we do that, that's when we really get centered. That's when we grow our intuition. And this could just be a a five-minute-a-day exercise. And what I would encourage you to do is breastfeeding is a time for us to slow down. It is not a time. It can be. Don't get me wrong. There are moments when it can be time for you to hop on your phone and unplug, play a game, chat with friends, catch up on something, do some work, whatever. But it also can be a time for us to slow down and connect with our babies. And as they drift off to sleep happily in our arms, getting milk drunk, it can be a time to connect with ourselves. Take that time. There's no rush to unlatch that baby. There is no rush to get up and do other things. The rush is something that you've decided is there. What if you decided there was no rush? What if you took time to honor yourself? And so I want to just keep this episode super short and sweet and give you the permission you need, mama, to just take it easy, take some time. I challenge you, try to get an hour. Maybe it's a few days a week. Maybe it's only once a week. But is there one hour that you can schedule during your baby's nap, during something, that you can just unplug and do something for yourself. Maybe you do a facial, maybe you paint your nails. And maybe you you just sit there but you're just with yourself. Spend time with yourself. I think so many of us are afraid of spending time with ourselves and getting really quiet and intimate with ourselves. We don't want to deal with all the ish that's going on in our minds. We would rather just keep thinking Than tuning in and feeling. But what is it that you're really feeling? What can you admit to yourself in these moments? When you're able to do that and let down your own emotional guard with yourself, now you become a very, very intuitive and wise person who's able to lead herself to then be the leader of her family and her life and everything else in her life. And it's so important it's underrated. I'm sure you've heard it before. But tap into that. Know that the answers are inside you or that the way to the answers is inside of you. Cuz it really really is. But we're just so primed and taught in our society to you know, go to this resource and go to that and and just you know, there's so much DIYing everything. But And sometimes that's great, but in other ways, it's very overwhelming and it's also very misleading because what I find is DIY isn't really doing it yourself a lot of the time. It's really like just, I don't even know what the word is. It's almost like putting so much pressure on yourself. Like if I can't DIY it, then I'm a failure. That's just not true. That's not true. You get to define who you are. You get to define your own experience in this world, and you get to define your own experience of breastfeeding. And one thing that comes to mind when I say that is that breastfeeding does not have to be all or nothing. Maybe formula is a part of your journey, but you're still a breastfeeding mom. You have not failed at breastfeeding. Breastfeeding can look different for everyone. Maybe breastfeeding means feeding with a nipple shield. Maybe it means being away from your baby for 50 hours a week because you're going to earn money for your family. You're still a breastfeeding mom. Even if you're done with your breastfeeding journey or you're wrapping it up, you're still a mom who breastfed. Even if you're pregnant and you're planning on breastfeeding, breastfeeding is becoming a part of your mothering journey. You're learning about it and you're preparing for it. So I just have to say, that no matter what your breastfeeding journey looks like, you get to define what it looks like to a large extent. And not necessarily like you don't have necessarily control over like making enough milk for your baby or not. You don't have enough control over like going back to work or not, right? There's things that are outside circumstances, but you do get to define what those circumstances mean about you and your breastfeeding experience. You can be considered a successful breastfeeding mom and only make 10 ounces of milk for your baby a day. Maybe that's a success for you. You get to define that. No one else. I don't get to define that. I don't get to say, oh, yes, you're a great breastfeeder. You're an okay breastfeeder. You're not a good breastfeeder. We don't have a ranking system as lactation consultants, okay? We just don't. Um, There is zero judgment, at least on my part. I can only speak for myself. But I have so many moms that will say, well, I'm exclusively pumping. Can you still help me? Yes, obviously I can help you. But it's not obvious to them because they don't know. They feel like, oh, unless I'm 100% breastfeeding, it's not going well. Or "I'm I'm not actually a breastfeeding mom. Or I can't consider that a success. But you get to design what breastfeeding looks like for yourself. And a lot of this comes back to the intuition. You will know when you're at your max capacity, when you've done as much as you can do. Don't try to overdo it. Don't keep pushing and never being able to let go to the point that you're now creating a traumatic experience for yourself. We are putting way too much pressure on ourselves as women, as mothers, as a society. And that pressure is dampening our intuition. It's dampening our inner voice and our inner knowing. And so my challenge to you is to tap into that inner knowing. And if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I am feeling this so hard right now, I am going to make the time for myself. You know what I challenge you to do? Make the time for yourself, schedule it, post it on social media, tag me in it. Go on Instagram, make make it a story post, make it a regular post, tag me in it and say, this Thursday I'm committing to 40 minutes by myself, my husband's going to take the baby and I'm going to sit in the bathtub and I'm going to lock the door. Okay, great. Tag me. Let's have some accountability. I'll hold you accountable and then on Friday I'll be like, "How was Thursday night? How was your bath? Did you do it?" If you have some accountability, it doesn't have to be me. It could be a friend, it could be a it could be your parent, it could be your spouse, it could be a therapist, it could be whoever. But create some sort of accountability buddy and let them know your plan. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to take some time for me to be with myself. And this is when I'm going to do it. And I need your help. I need your support. I need you to hold me accountable. And really do it and make it a regular practice. Don't do it just one time. Make this a regular thing. Great. You're going to do it on Thursday. Cool. When are you doing it again next week? And just schedule it and do it. I know things will come up. I don't want to hear the excuses because what you're already doing is plotting excuses in your head before they've even happened. Don't anticipate excuses and then just not do it because you know you won't be able to. How do you know until that time comes? So I challenge you to do that. Let me know if I can be an accountability person to you. I would love to, but this is just one of those mindset things that I feel like we need to talk about more and more. And especially when you become a mom and you have so much less time for yourself and you're like, wow, before kids, I had all this time and I wasted it. Well, I'm encouraging you to go waste some time again. So thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you as listeners. The podcast just hit 3,500 downloads today. I just have to say I'm so honored that, you know, that many people have listened to that many episodes. I just think that's incredible. So keep sharing, keep leaving your reviews. It helps the podcast get found. I appreciate you all so much, and I will see you on the next episode. Did you know most moms stop breastfeeding in the first month postpartum? I believe succeeding at breastfeeding means having the right mindset. In fact, studies show that the number one factor that determines breastfeeding success is commitment. Which is why I've created my incredible audio download of breastfeeding affirmations where I give you actionable mantras so you can breastfeed your baby with confidence and peace of mind. And best of all, it's free. To get access to this audio and PDF, simply visit holisticlactation.com mantras, and you can get started right now.